0: Look at all these bullets. They're hierarchical and some of them are hollow and some of them are square and some of them are circle. I don't like
1: your hierarchies. Well. I need flat.
0: You need a flat organization. Flat organization. Agile.
1: Bullet points. Get agile. So basically I want it to just be a complete mess.
0: Mm. I can agree with you that uh, agile and flat can work for certain things, but podcast outlines may not be one of them. Yeah. No, each bullet
1: point is equal. Why do some get more attention than others?
0: Actually, you know what? We could experiment with doing mind maps for our podcast outlines or weird flowy notes or something. That'd be interesting. Yeah, I haven't been fair to the other note-taking styles. All I've ever done is the bullet Mm. list. But you know what? Psychocartography. That's what I'm going to call that. Psychocartography. Mind mapping. That's actually a way cooler name for that. Sorry, Tony Boozon, but psychocartography is what I'm calling it from now on. I bet you I could start using that term and like build some weird yeah, product around yeah, it. Yeah, that, I mean, it makes sense. Is it not? Did you just Google it or something? No, I just made that up.
1: Oh, all I right. Just, I just Googled "psycho" as a prefix to make sure that it worked in general for, for just mental, and it does. I think so. it should. Mental cartography, psychocartography. That sounds awesome.
0: That does. That sounds oh, really cool. I'm surprised myself. We're going to try the psychocartography method. Yeah, we're definitely using that. Psychocartography. So I heard that you impulsively went out last night and bought yourself a pull-up bar. I did. That I is did. very relevant to what we're talking about today. It's very relevant. Um, And I also heard that it didn't work with your door. No. So how did you fix that problem? Well, uh, <laughs> so I went out to Target,
1: got myself this uh, default pull-up bar. It's whatever the Target exercise brand is, but you can get similar things on Amazon. And uh, it's built for 32-inch door frames. My door frame is 36 inches. So uh. so what happened was it's very, very narrowly not going to give me any leverage on the door frame, and I will swing through and die if I try to use it. That sounds fine. So this morning, I took in a series of three trips to Home Depot because that's how you know it was some sort of DIY project is you had to go at least three times. And well, Duh. I bought a one-by-six-inch piece of piping from the plumbing section. I wrapped a nice grippy okay. tape around it, and then I wrapped extra tape around the edge so that it would have padding. I took off the padding of the side of the
0: default handle, put the tube over it, and now
1: it fits wonderfully in my door frame.
0: So... You're saying you put the piping in one side and yeah, your pull-up bar is off-center. I only center.
1: wanted to buy it, but it doesn't matter because my door frame's big. That's the point. So
0: I have plenty of room. I am ideologically against this. Then buy two five-inch pipes. I, w- I will probably do that if I do this. <laughs> I don't think I could have it off-center. I think it kind of looks cool off-center. Where, where is your zen now? I'm looking on Amazon because I, I don't want to do you repeat mean, your my mistake. Zen?
1: My zen is in accepting that not all things can be perfect.
0: That's ridiculous. Everything has to be perfect. And now I'm going to see if I can buy one that is uh hey, this one says 38.
1: Oh, you can. I just didn't didn't want to.
0: Oh, uh, okay. Did you actually look up other ones before that?
1: Yeah. Yeah, but I wanted it oh. now. I wanted it now. So the reason that I That's impulsively not very zen. bought one was because pull-ups are my very favorite exercise and having a pull-up bar is something I've missed for years. Yeah. And is absolutely going to make me exercise a thousand times better Mm -hmm. and have fun doing it because for some reason I enjoy pull-ups
0: all right well given those benefits I suppose I can accept your terrifying lack of symmetry and centeredness with your pull-up bar Uh, but I will be getting one that's big enough for the door frames yeah, but yeah, didn't even didn't even think about the fact that our doors were that
1: wide. I just wanted it from Target, and I was like, I don't want to return this and then buy another one and then wait a few days and then hope that works and then be annoyed when I could just go to walk to Home Depot and like
0: buy a pipe. Yeah, for that makes $3. sense. Dollars. Anyway. Yeah. So that that's pretty much a good intro to what we're going to talk about today. We are going back to, uh, and actually, I should ask you, Martin. Do you listen to the Roots? The roots? Yeah. Yeah, because we're going back to the roots today. The very first episode I ever did on this podcast was called Hacking Fitness in College, and that was so long ago that I don't even remember what I talked about. That was January 2013. Don't say those numbers to me. So was that a full four years ago? Don't. January 2014, Um, 2015, 2016. Yeah, don't say that. That was four and a half years. We've doing we've been doing That's this podcast. College. We've been doing this podcast for four and a half years. Wait, really? I yeah. didn't think about that. We've been last doing part. this podcast for longer than a college career Fancy. or a college four year education, which is very weird to me. I don't like that. We graduated from podcast college. Oh, does that mean we're in the podcast real world now? No, we're in grad school. Oh, okay, every episode since January has been podcast grad school. Yeah. Well, we certainly started out with like some much less formal episodes. Well,
1: yeah, those were like the podcasting 101 episodes.
0: Oh. But
1: and then we're going to get our podcast doctorate.
0: You've never been in grad school, have you? No. You don't? I don't think you go to 101 classes in grad school. I no, think you no, just no. kind of I like, mean, I mean, do like do a bunch of work.
1: I mean like the very, very, very old ones
0: were the 101s. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, you mean the ones that I don't even want to listen to anymore? Yeah, the ones that I don't <laughs> want to look at. That's because that's your intro class. The ones where and I did you like didn't know what you're doing yet. cringy Bioshock references where I overlaid like a vinyl scratching violin sound and um, a phonograph static noise. <laughs> huh,
1: yeah, that's. I suppose that's exactly what I mean.
0: I used to do a really weird, like, I would try to do one weird joke per episode just, I don't know, to flex the creative muscles a bit. But some of them turned out, well, let's just say better than others. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's uh, putting a nice little spin on it. Fair. Anyway, so that first episode was Hacking Fitness in College. Uh, what I want to talk about today is specifically how do you create an exercise routine and then stick to it. So for those of you who are either not really working out or exercising in any way right now and you want to do it, or if you have had trouble sticking to an exercise routine in the past, as I have many, many, many times, we're gonna go through some things that I think will be helpful for you. And I wanna start with you because you very clearly said in our big friend group the other night that you like were not going to the gym for a long time, but you've started exercising ever since we moved to Denver. Yeah. So what have you done to uh, build that routine? And what are you doing? Well, I'm starting small, and that's that's good for me. It,
1: basically, I was picking a few things, exercises that I like. So I like, and, and it's easy to do, push-ups and Mm -hmm. pull-ups now that I have my pull-up bar, which is a game changer and like crunches and side planks and lots of body weight exercise and using the staircases to just walk upstairs a long way every day. And the reason that I'm going with these things, even though maybe going and benching some stuff in the gym would, would arguably help faster, is because I feel a lot of resistance toward that idea and hate going to the gym when other people are around. And if I put it off and I'm like, yeah, well, maybe nobody's going to be there at this hour, then what's going to happen is inevitably it'll become too late in the day or something will happen and then I just won't do it. So I'd rather start building the habit first and improve the habit later.
0: Interesting. So one of your forms of resistance to going to the gym is that you don't want other people to be there?
1: No, I don't like working out around other people.
0: Okay. Do you have like a reason for that or you just like emotionally don't from some like primal level. You don't understand. I
1: just, I just feel more comfortable doing it in my own apartment. Okay. And also I don't know how I have the machines in there work because I haven't been to a gym in so long because of, like when I injured my arms, it kind of shut down a lot of forms of exercise for a bit, not all of it, but a lot of forms. So I kind of have to start from scratch and starting somewhere where I feel little resistance or that's even fun to me, like pull-ups is going to build a habit a lot stronger and a lot more quickly than making myself do something I hate over and over and over.
0: Yeah, well, that makes sense. I mean, you don't want the maintenance person coming in and being like, sir, can you get out of the painter's scaffolding? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so basically you're just doing pull-ups, bodyweight stuff, walking up the stairs. Yeah. And how often are you doing it and what are you doing to make sure you keep on that schedule?
1: I'm doing the muscular stuff Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Okay. And every day... So including Tuesday and Thursday, I will do the stair thing or go for a walk or a bike ride or something outside. But I allow myself the stair thing as a backup because if it's raining or if it's suddenly like 9 trillion inches of snow like it was the other day, I know that I am probably not going to go outside. So it's good to have a backup in case of bad weather.
0: Okay. And I actually think that's a very good tip for anyone to apply to their routine because I have found that working out in general is one of those things where I will let any little inconvenience derail me from doing it. Like something as small as my headphones being lost or my Bluetooth ones being out of battery. (laughs) I'll just be like, well, can't go to the gym today because I don't have my music. I guess I'll go tomorrow. You just got to sing while you're doing it. There we go. In the gym. Yeah, I'm just, (laughs) well, the kind of music I listen to, you mean I would just be screaming. Yeah. Like I'm just screaming bullet for my Valentine or something while I'm on the bench. Well, People yeah, are like, I mean, that like, guy is deranged. It helps
1: you put in more force, right? That's what they do in like karate. So you that should, is You true. should be stronger if you're trying to do screamo yeah.
0: while, while you're doing it. I used to do competitive powerlifting with my dad and his friends. Like we'd go to tournaments when I was a kid. And my preferred form of getting psyched up for a lift was to have my brother smack me in the face as hard as he could. Oh. And that probably explains a lot about me. You see, I feel resistance to that, so I probably (laughs) wouldn't include that part into my habits. I'm just imagining you like doing some zen meditation before going and doing a lift. Oh, yeah. But um, my dad and his friends, they'd buy these little bottles of ammonia crystals. It was called nose torque. And basically, like powerlifting people are insane. Let me just put that up front. Uh Uh-huh. You pop open the bottle... You just like take a little whiff. Mm-hmm. It's horrible. It makes your head pretty much explode. And then you yell real loud for a couple seconds. And then you go over there and you do your lift. Am I, is this some sort of
1: drugged up Dragon Ball Z thing? Pretty much. I don't understand. Yes. Weightlifters. This is
0: like powerlifting's form of DBZ-style charging up. I guess that's cool. And you go over there and you knock out your lift and you're probably wearing some sort of ridiculous like spandex suit that makes your arms stick out. I don't get powerlifting, a lot of it. Uh Like, it's insane to me. The, The things that these people will do to just get a little bit more out of their bench or squat or deadlift, I don't know. Personally, I'm like, whatever I can lift like wearing no shirt or just a t-shirt. That's how much I can lift. I don't need some ridiculous denim shirt that's 15 sizes too small to keep my bones together. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and I don't need to be sniffing ammonia crystals. But uh-huh. anyway, all that to say, I'm not gonna be screaming my death metal or metalcore in the gym. I need my headphones. Yeah. Which has led me to adopt certain habits to make sure that I don't fall off of Uh, the track with my routine. So I will make sure if my headphones get like anywhere near even five hours left of battery, I put them on the charger. And part of my routine every night before I go to bed is to fill up my water bottle and make sure that whatever gym resources I need for the next day are packed and ready to go. So I can just wake up, get my clothes on, do my meditation, and then get down to the gym or go do my cardio with no hiccups.
1: So it's already packed. You're not like, oh, where, where did I put that? And then you waste 10 minutes and then it's too late for your schedule. It's, yeah, exactly. It's already done yep. when you wake up.
0: My gym clothes are in the closet, so I wake up, like my gym shorts are there. I wear the T-shirt from the day before because I always shower after the gym, so I figured just use that last T-shirt. And then by the door, I've got my little backpack, which has my Bluetooth headphones in it, has my water bottle already in it, ready to go. And... Um, it's also got my armband, so if I want to jog, I can get that thing too. Oh yeah. I am still waiting for the day that an Apple Watch can stream Spotify to itself without an iPhone. Because I I freaking hate running with my iPhone strapped to my arm, but like I think the only way you can listen to music on an Apple Watch independently is if it's like music you own through iTunes and you can sync a playlist or two to your Apple Watch. But for me, like, I listen to so much different music, and I find, like, new stuff every single week that doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. I need Spotify.
1: Wait, what What if you have, like, the Apple streaming thing that I don't use, and therefore don't? Is it Apple Music? still doesn't it work. It, that won't
0: work either? The problem is the Apple Watch itself does not have a cellular uh, connection. Oh, it's
1: only it's only connecting through, like, so, Bluetooth or something.
0: Yeah, and what annoys me is, like, it would make sense for you to be able to put your offline Spotify tracks onto your Apple Watch because you can offline Spotify tracks to your phone and listen to them without a cellular connection, but you can't do that with your watch. Okay. So until further notice, I'm jogging with a big phone strapped to my arm. But with that in mind, I've got the strap thing in the backpack ready to go so I don't forget it. Um, because for me, it's, it's never a case of like, oh, my headphones are dead. I'm just gonna skip my workout. It's always more insidious. It's my headphones are dead. I'm going to charge them and then I'll work out this afternoon mm, or tomorrow morning and I'll just, you know, I'll shift my schedule a little bit this week. That's fine. And of course, I'll wake up the next day and think, this isn't a workout day. You know what? I'm just going to call it a wash and I'll do my next workout day and it'll be fine. Yeah. And what I've realized is if I do that, that derails me and that makes like a failed week. And then I will kind of. Like that's the model that sets the tone going forward. So with last week being my first like real week with no moving in crap to deal with, I was like I am going to stick to my workout regimen that I set out for myself and make sure that I do every single day without fail because I know it's gonna set the tone for every week going forward and that's what I did and this week so far it's Monday but I'm successfully on track for another perfect week. So I think that that's very important, at least for me, for keeping that routine. So I guess people probably wanna know what my routine is since you talked about what your routine is. So currently, I am actually following a similar schedule to what you're doing. Monday, Wednesday, Friday is my lifting days, and then Tuesday and Thursday are cardio days. So what I do after I wake up, I drink half a bottle of water and feed the cat and meditate for five minutes. And then Monday is like my bench day, so I'll go down... Our apartment gym doesn't really have a ton of great benching equipment, so I just do dumbbell press these days. But I'll do that and a few other exercises. Wednesday is leg day, so I'll do squats and calf press and um, what are those called? Where you like step forward. Oh, lunges. lunges? Yeah, Yeah. lunges and then some other things. And then Friday is used to be deadlifting day. Our new gym has no deadlifting equipment. Um, So I just do like overhead presses and then a bunch of other things. And every single time I do also do some form of pull-ups or chin-ups because like you, I love doing pull-ups. Yeah, they're great. fun. I don't know yeah. why. I don't know why either. Um, I remember reading online one time, somebody, it was on a forum, I think, somebody said when I was in the army, to get into the mess hall, there was a pull-up bar in the doorframe and you had to go do 10 pull-ups or something like that before you could go in and get food. So it was kind of like this daily occurrence. And ever since I wrote, I read that, I was like, huh, Okay, so pull-ups are one of those exercises that you could just do every single day, multiple times a day, and hmm. probably not overtrain too much. It's just kind of like a tougher push-up almost. Yeah, You know, and you can do push-ups Maybe. every day too. I don't know which it's muscles not, It's not the effect. same. I think pull-ups affect a whole lot. They might affect a little bit more than push-ups, like in your back, I'm not sure. They, yeah, there's a lot more back muscles involved, but at least what I've been told by trainers is like if you want to get good at pull-ups, one thing you can do is push-ups, And that will train at least some of the muscles that are involved. Yeah. As well as doing like cable pull downs on one of those machines if you have access to one. Oh yeah. And then aren't you doing something that trains pull ups as well? I was until
1: I got my pull up bar set up this morning and now I will do pull ups. But so there are some alternatives if you happen to like pull ups or you and you can't do them or something that are a little easier. And the one that I had been using, because like I said, I don't like going to the gym Mm -hmm. was go out on a deck. Uh, I I was using a pillowcase, which maybe wasn't the smartest, but you can use like a long towel or something. I was just lazy and risky. Yeah. And you wrap it around the banister and you kind of hold it. You put your feet by the banister or whatever you're holding it against. You lean back holding onto the cloth and then pull yourself up at an angle. So this is working out a lot of the same muscles and it's not as intense. So you can probably get more repetitions in there, but it's similar and all it requires is a banister of some form. And I think I've some, I've seen some people like wrap it around a, a door from the door frame or something, and do weird stuff. I don't know. It's it's an alternative that I've seen. It's very flexible,
0: and I'm guessing like the longer your towel is, the more intense you can make it. I would imagine, yeah. Because I'm guessing le- if you're leaning, leaning like,
1: back farther, yeah.
0: If you had a yeah. really short towel, you really wouldn't be leaning back that far at all.
1: No, right? Yeah, and it's not as effective as a okay, but it is working out in kind of a similar way. So I was just doing that with more repetitions rather yeah. than say, oh, I'll go to the gym and do that. And then every single morning go, I don't want to go to the gym to do that. I'll just do these other exercises instead. And I might as well just be honest with myself. What's going to make me do what I say I'm going to do? Yeah. is That's what I want to do.
0: And I think that illustrates a really good point. That's more general than just what to do if you don't want to go to the gym because people are there or some other reason. I think that the best exercise in the world that you can do is the one that you're gonna do repeatedly. And this is really important to keep in mind because the moment you start talking about working out or any sort of exercise, there's like a million opinions from every single person in all different directions. People are like arguing about whether you should do front squats or back squats or whether or not bench press is actually a terrible exercise or you should never touch your chest. And like everyone has an opinion and it can get as granular as you want it to get. And I don't want anyone listening to this to get marred in the details that everyone will throw around because really the big principle here is like moving and challenging yourself physically will make you healthier, will make you happier, will make you feel better, and will actually help you perform better in school or on whatever whatever mental challenges that you deal with on a daily basis. I mean, if maybe even you're done with school and you're like a coder or something. It will help you do that. So what I want you to get out of this episode is some tools and mental models for setting up an exercise routine of any kind. Um, I've been lifting since I was a kid. So for me, I like immediately gravitate towards lifting, but it can be anything. It could be sports. It could be a martial art. I know you're looking at, what are you looking at joining? Didn't you say you were going to join Hapkido again or something? Um, Some some sort
1: of martial art at some point when, when I stop having, weird nerve things left over okay yeah I, i'm interested in some sort of martial art at some point hopkido was pretty cool though
0: Wouldn't yeah that. you did hopkido in college yeah i did yeah, um cool. jiu-jitsu and judo for a while in in high school or middle school and then i did boxing when i was a kid and wrestling as a high school sport uh and then here now that i'm in denver there's a parkour gym Oh yeah. and one of my things for this week that's like a non-work task is to go check it out and see if i can just get a session in Um, And then last winter when I wasn't able to skateboard because it was snowy and there are no indoor skate parks in Iowa, I started figure skating. And that ended up being so much fun and um, just like so weirdly satisfying as a sport to me that I was doing it every single day for a few months, driving like an hour a day to get to the rink and do it. So look for something that gets you active, but you enjoy doing and I mean, if it's a sport, you get extra benefits because it can be fun, it can have a social aspect if it's a team sport, so you can make new friends, you can build new skills, and with martial arts, you have things like building your focus and your mindfulness, there's all these mental benefits that come with um, martial arts, like discipline, in addition to the physical benefits. So, if you're listening to this thinking like, I don't wanna go to a gym, whether it be for Martin's reason, because there's a bunch of people in there, or whether it be for some other reason, there is a ton of other things you can do. And actually that just reminded me when I was in middle school, one of my favorite ways to exercise was to play DDR. Oh yeah. And like I did that at the arcade in our town. That's awesome, like aerobic
1: exercise. That is When you get good at that, that's gonna test you.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Actually, there are DDR machines here in Denver. So I had the very long break because there's basically no DDR to be played in Iowa. Um, But here in Denver, there's a ridiculous Japanese arcade that's about a half hour drive from here that has three of them in this in the one arcade, and then there's Dave and Buster's about a mile down the road that has uh, its own. It's, it's an older one, but it works. So I can go there and play whenever I want, pretty much. And it's reminding me like that is basically as much aerobic work as doing a sprint workout.
1: Yeah. See, and I, I would prefer DDR and I absolutely despise running. I like biking, rollerblading, skateboarding. I oh, hate yeah. running. I absolutely hate it. And because I know that, if I try to do it, I might run for two or three days, but I'm going to quit. It's inevitable. I will mm-hmm. quit. It will make me mad. So if I do something that's almost as good, but I do that for weeks and weeks and weeks, it is a thousand times better than attempting to make myself run.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's all about the trend. I'll go do DDR every day. That's a thousand times better than me. I'll do it. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I hate running because it's just so boring. Like there's, and maybe, maybe some avid runners will disagree with me, but there's like no, <laughs> there's no like variation to it. There's no like finesse like you have to learn in dance moves or skateboarding or figure skating or anything like that. You just plod forward one foot in front of the other for a long period of time. And at least if you're running outside, it's okay for me, like I can go do it outside. I don't like it, but um, as part of my Tuesday, Thursday cardio routines, sometimes I will bike and sometimes I'll run. Usually I'll choose to bike because I can see more with the bike and like the bike is also more fun. I I find biking not quite as monotonous as running, but still a little monotonous. Like we used to do Ragbri back in Iowa, which is this seven day ride across the entire state of Iowa. And I found that kind of boring because there's just long stretches of riding your bike on these super long, straight, boring Iowa roads. Well, yeah, but that's not biking's fault. Yeah. I mean, well it is, but it's a consequence of cycling in a lot of cases. So like here's a good comparison in Iowa near our old house, there is a bike trail that's very near to where we lived, but it's basically a straight shot, um, the whole way. Like there are, It's the occasional course correction to get you to where you're going, but there's miles long stretches of just straight track because it was built next to railroad tracks. Riding on that trail is so boring to me, but by comparison, there's another trail that's a little bit further from where our house was that follows the edge of a lake. And that trail has tons of hills and lots of twists and curves and turns. And I love riding that trail because that trail is dynamic. Yeah. So if I can get on that and in Colorado, there's a lot more of that kind of trail than biking is great for me. So there's that and there's seeing more and going faster, all better than running. But occasionally I'll run because I know that at least I guess my goal with fitness is to be very um, well-rounded. So I want to be able to run in addition to bike as well.
1: Yeah. Well, the not being able to see as much is part of why I don't like running because mm-hmm. if I bike or I rollerblade, I can go like 14 to 20 miles if I try and really, really, really work myself out because I'm, it's like adventuring. I'm, I'm exploring the world around me. I'm seeing yeah. trees. This is the kind of mindful stuff that I love doing. By contrast, if I go outside and try to jog, what's going to happen is at the end of like two blocks, I'm going to feel dead, ashamed of myself, and I'm going to
0: slowly <laughs> walk back to the apartment
1: having seen nothing. Mm-hmm. And that's- like, I want to explore. I want to make it kind of a mindful, fun task at the same time.
0: Yeah. And you know what? I, I'm afraid that we're, like, slagging running off too well, much. Well, I'm just bad at it. Because so, I know yeah. a lot of people who love to run. And I know our friend Clyde was, like, 100 pounds overweight at one point, And then he did cash to 5K. And now he, I think he runs, like, three times a week on the treadmill. Oh, and he yeah. just like blasts dubstep music or watches anime while he does it and he loves it. His cardio discipline beats mine by far. Yeah, absolutely. I and I hate the treadmill. I do 5 minutes on the treadmill to warm up every morning in the gym just because it's I think it's good to be warmed up and do some dynamic stretching before you lift, but even that 5 minutes on the tra- on the treadmill is so boring for me that uh basically the only song I can listen to while I do it is Rap God. Yeah. Because that is so fast, and I know all the lyrics, and it's just like, I'm going. If you're trying I'm to rap along, you're going to run out of breath real fast. <laughs> I'm not trying to rap along. That's probably good. That would be kind of ridiculous if somebody just comes in the gym and just sees a dude like doing rap God while on the treadmill. It'd be impressive. I don't bro. know if that's
1: cool or really weird. It's it's both impressive and weird.
0: <laughs> but I'm like following along in my head, and it distracts me just enough from the fact that I'm just stationarily moving on this belt while a timer goes up just trying to warm my muscles up yeah and i i, I don't know maybe i could find a more dynamic warm up routine with like jumping jacks or something but it gets me warmed up does the trick and rap god is the the medicine that i need to, to not die from boredom well, I mean, it's <laughs> just a good five example minutes. of why
1: you need to personalize it Clyde likes to run and can do it and gets great results I it's hate true. it and I know that it will make me not do anything else.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's,
1: that's just how it works.
0: And you know what? Maybe this this actually kind of runs counter to the theme of this episode, which is like do what will help you establish that routine. But I've realized that as an entrepreneur, I can kind of mold my morning routine to be whatever I want it to be. And I have consciously decided to inject a little bit of stuff I don't like into it because I, I heavily dislike my uh, meditation. I don't like it at all, but I do it. And I heavily dislike my treadmill running. But, like, when I think about it in the context of my entire day, it is 10 minutes of stuff I don't like. So, if I can push myself to go through 10 minutes of stuff I don't like, that's increasing my tolerance to deal with other things I don't like. That's fair. That's my theory. That's fair. So, I stick with it. I also stick with the meditation. And obviously, like, I'm not just subjecting myself to things I don't like for their own sake. They're both beneficial. One warms me up for my workout. One helps me build my ability to focus on my work. Yeah, But it's also, I find that the discomfort is actually a benefit there.
1: And a lot of people use cold
0: showers for that. Yeah, I did that too for a long time. I don't do it anymore, but I think that's a good exercise for building that discomfort muscle. And actually, if you find it difficult to get to the gym, a cold shower challenge can actually be a good little training exercise for that. Because a cold shower, I mean, how long are you in the shower for? Three, four, five minutes. Oh, like 40 minutes. You know? a <laughs> 40 minute shower. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's no water left. Actually, you know, and I would recommend if you're going to do a cold shower challenge, the way I like to do it is I shower warm at first and I use like the soap with the warm water, but then I just end it cold. Oh, yeah. So you still get that discomfort benefit and the act of choosing deliberately to be uncomfortable. And I actually find that showering cold at the end makes you feel pretty good when you get out of the shower. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And I always, I never felt quite clean enough when I showered only cold. So I think the warm then cold method is much better. But anyway, um, I wanted to lay out some specific tips for starting and then keeping up your routine. So, like you said, to get started, start small because you're probably gonna see people who have a ridiculous routine or you're gonna see people who lay out their like two hour workout schedule online and they'll post pictures of their results and you'll think, man, I should just do that to get those results. But you have to realize those people have worked up to doing that much. And if you try to start with that crazy of a routine Hmm. and just slot it into everything else you're doing, you're probably gonna fail within a week. So instead, find something that number one is manageable and hopefully number two that you can get some enjoyment from. Um, If it's working out and you don't necessarily like to work out like I do, find some music that keeps you motivated like the rap god example or join a sport. Um, The other thing is I think you should prioritize the act of showing up over the act of doing the exercises because at least in my case, I find the process of putting on my gym clothes and motivating myself to actually get out the door and get downstairs. And this is probably the most important thing, motivating myself to put off the start of my workday and to reject all these thoughts that come up. Like, hey, you should just not work out today because you have a lot of work to do. You should probably get started now. You should check your email first. Yeah, you should check your email. There might be something important in there. There's always these temptations to... Uh, rationalize not working out in the name of more productivity, quote unquote. So prioritize the act of showing up in the gym, wearing your gym clothes, because once you're there, you've removed yourself from the context of everything else. And you've placed yourself into a context where really the only thing you can do is work out or leave. Yeah. And when those are your only choices, you're probably going to work out. You've already put all the effort into getting ready for it. So you might as well carry on with that thing. It's much easier. Yeah. Yeah. And related to that, try to minimize your friction as much as possible. Like I said, I always make sure that my headphones are charged. I make sure my water bottle is filled up the night before so that way when I wake up, there are as few tiny little mini tasks to do before I'm in the gym as is possible. Otherwise, you wake up with a laundry list of things to do to prepare and you're much more likely to skip. And once you have started, the ways you can keep it up include, number one, keeping a record. And you can do this in two ways. You can just keep a record of going to the gym. So using a tool like Habitica or I use an, uh, an app called Today on my phone.
1: Yeah, or like a calendar with, or, some, with some smiley face stickers. Yeah, Stick them right smiley on. smiley
0: face stickers. You should use Pokemon stickers. Ooh, you can probably buy ooh, those online. good idea. Yeah, smiley faces are uh, too basic, you know?
1: I'm gonna do that. No, I'm not. I might.
0: <laughs> the smiley face calendar, I know the Pokemon calendar method Coming soon from Martin Bamey. Yeah. <laughs> um, and in addition to simply keeping track of how many days you work out, if you want to see yourself progress and gain motivation from seeing that, oh, I can lift this much this week versus less last week, keep a record of what you do. And um, there's several ways to do this. The classic way is just to bring a small notebook to you with the gym and just write down the sets and the reps and the weight that you do. Or you can use a tool. Um, I've built an Excel spreadsheet that I was using, so you could build something like that, or you could use an app like Fitocracy, which I used for a really long time. And Fitocracy is actually pretty cool because it gamifies fitness. For everything you do, you actually get points and you level up. You, get, you can like, do achievements quests and stuff. achievements. Yeah, and I was like back in 2012 that summer that we were all in uh, Friday together. I was obsessed with Fitocracy which is why there is a post on CIG about me almost dying on a 50-mile bike ride. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Dying for those achievements.
0: Yeah, well, see, there, there, so there is a, I think it's a 25-mile cycling achievement. So I went out one morning to get that, and then as I was on the first leg of the ride, because it was an out-and-back ride, I was like, man, I feel pretty good. I bet I could get the 50-mile one. And so I rode out 25 miles, turned around, and then started to get really tired and realized all I brought was one bottle of water, which I had long since finished. I had had a banana for breakfast and nothing else. I had brought no food with me, no money. And uh, yeah, I almost passed out on the side of the road.
1: <laughs> That's a good exercise lesson. Your body needs things in order to exercise. Oh, yeah. It turns out.
0: Yeah, it was really bad. This this sounds really sketchy, but I got picked up by a dude in a white van. And <laughs> then you died. <laughs> And you were cloned, and now you're here. Um, that's, yeah, that's that's one interpretation of the story. But no, he was a nice guy. He took me back to my apartment where I promptly passed out for three hours. Like I think it may be the only time in my life that I actually have passed out instead of like deliberately laying down to go to sleep. So that was bad. That is bad. And now I always bring shot blocks and protein bars and the bike rides with me, and I always bring multiple bottles of water. Which is especially important here in Colorado because yeah, you'll dehydrate. The mountains are calling us. Yeah. And the mountains are particularly unforgiving as opposed to just a road at our college town in Iowa.
1: <laughs> now, do you do you like eat or anything before you work out or do you do that afterward? Do you pre or post?
0: I actually eat after I work out. So, I wake up, I meditate, and I immediately go work out, come back, I shower, and then I make breakfast.
1: Do you find that it's it's fine doing that on an empty stomach? Yeah, You've had water first.
0: Uh, yeah, you, I get you, my water. You drink water. Yeah, absolutely. I think the human body is perfectly built to exercise and exert itself without eating. I mean, that's basically what we're built to do is to exert ourselves to get food and that's then true. eat afterwards. Fair. So, And a okay. lot of people will say, oh, you should eat something before you work out, and then you'll get the crazy muscle heads who are like, yeah, I have these crazy stimulants I take, and I... You know, I have a pre-workout shake and a post-workout shake and I have a mid-workout shake. And, and
1: <laughs> like- The whole time I'm drinking a shake. I'm just every single rep, like- 40 minutes straight, there's a shake. Curl, shake, take a shot. Curl, it's like take a shot. 5,000 calories, but I'm a beefcake
0: now. I mean, there are people who literally do that. And that's more advanced. Like there are definitely arguments to be made for why you would do a pre and post-workout shake. Like if you're trying yeah. to bulk up, then maybe, yeah, that makes sense. All I'm talking about with this episode is getting that routine down and exercising. That's
1: the kind of research that's going to turn you off from doing things. So totally feel free to ignore that. Yeah, absolutely. Who cares about the best practice? Get started first and then like up your reps every week or something and slowly get better.
0: Yeah. Though that does bring up a good point, which is to ask yourself, what is my purpose for exercising? Because I think that if you have a well-defined goal that you care about, you're gonna be much more inclined to stick to your routine. Now, I don't think this is 100% necessary because right now, my goals for exercising are to be well-rounded and able to go hike in the mountains and do all the Colorado things without dying and to look good. Those are basically my goals. And Fair. none of those, neither of those goals are like smart goals. They're not specific. They're not measurable. They're not time-based or anything. I'm just trying to keep myself healthy. And I think that's fine. But I will say, when I started figure skating and I got my coach and I started competing, I had a very concrete reason for working out because I was competing and I had specific techniques that I wanted to execute and I had specific exercises tied to those techniques and I had a training regimen and it was all in service of a very specific goal that I really, really wanted to achieve. And uh, for that, I needed no habitica no habit tracking no record keeping i just showed up and i did my workout with intensity and i didn't skip anything because i knew exactly what putting the effort in was going to give me
1: so a sport or something like that is actually great because it gives you Absolutely. another external motivator
0: yeah which is why i was saying earlier if you can find like a if you can find a form of exercise that has like a reason that isn't just the exercise itself then that gives you a better reason to go do the exercise. So like a sport. Yeah. Or I remember like my friend my friend Matt, he hates exercising for exercising's sake. He hates doing it. Uh, and very unfortunately for him, at least in my opinion, he lives in Colorado but doesn't like to hike. Oh. So for him, like exercising is walking to the coffee shop that he wants to work at for the day because there is a purpose for where he's going not just I'm gonna go on a walk just to get a walk in. It's like, no, there's a reason I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna walk to Whole Foods, I'm gonna load up my pack with all the food I buy and walk back. Like that's the equivalent of doing a ruck march, but there's a purpose to it. So if even sports and martial arts and fun things like DDR don't appeal to you, you can at least start maybe walking to the grocery store with a backpack or buying some uh, panniers for your bike so you can haul stuff on your bike instead of driving to the grocery store. Or biking to work. Or biking to work. Or school. Yeah. If you can take part of your existing routine and just replace a lazy part of it with an exercise-y part of it, then you're gonna have some benefits. Like the the, uh, the very end of my workout every day, I walk up the stairs back to my apartment, which yeah. is many, many, many floors in the air. And you need to get back to your apartment. So there's a pretty good reason to get up there because then yeah, you exactly. Done and for me like there is a purpose to that because if i'm going to go out and hike and climb mountains and stuff then i need to have very good cardio and i need to be very good at basically walking up stairs and inclines so yeah. for me doing that once a day is training for going to the mountains which is something i really really want to do so i mean i guess there is a goal there but it's just not super specific yeah so anyway with that point out of the way um a few more things that you can do to keep up your routine So we talked about keeping a record of it, making it a habit and tracking it. Another thing you can do is join a class or a club because that will basically force you to do that. And I've had several, several things I've done in the past like that. I was in a lifting class during my last year of college, which basically just meant three times a week. In order to not fail that class, I had to show up and lift. And during that class, I was the strongest that I have ever been. And I'm not as strong as I was then now, because I'm not forced to go to a class anymore. And now I'm I'm working out regularly, but I'm also not not lifting for raw strength right now. Yeah, that's not your purpose, so it's okay. Back then it was, now it's versatility, so I don't care as much. And we don't have powerlifting equipment in our apartment gym. Um, And you know what? I don't want to go sign up for another gym with better equipment. Because for me, that would create more friction to get to the gym. And my life is so busy right now because I'm also trying to put a lot of effort into reading more often and getting videos done and getting these podcasts done and also making time for my girlfriend and my friends that we've just met here in Colorado. Like there is very little time for formally working out. So in order to keep that time commitment down and hence to keep the motivation load down, I'm deciding to use the inferior apartment gym. Because it is just a short elevator ride down to instead of like, you know, a big ordeal to get to. And I gotta say, that was a big reason why I didn't work out quite as regularly back at the house in Ankeny because it was about a 15 minute drive both ways to get to the gym. Yeah. So, you know, when you're thinking like, man, half an hour of my day just to get to the gym, that sucks.
1: Yeah. And you'll still improve. You'll just improve more slowly. And that's that's mm-hmm. fine. I think we're really impatient by default with a lot of things like this. We want our results now, but yeah. you're just going to have to deal with the fact that you're probably not going to gain like 20 pounds of muscle in the next week, unless you're well, taking not something that <laughs> is, you're going to regret probably.
0: Synthol injections, bruh. Yeah. Yeah. Get my swollen. on. But yeah. Also, you know, the other thing that the apartment gym has sort of revealed to me once more Um, when you are presented with limited resources, you tend to get creative. I think creativity is often like a product of necessity. So I had a pretty much set in stone routine back when we were going to the old gym in Iowa because I had every machine that I could ever want. And then I walked into this new gym and I was like, oh no, they don't have a real bench and they don't have um, some of the other things I use. Well, instead of going and paying more money money, and just throwing more resources at keeping the old routine, I was like, I'm just gonna work with what I have. And over the past couple of weeks, I've modified my routine to basically be just as good for me, but it has a few different exercises in it. I'm doing more body weight stuff, focusing on abdominals more, and it's working out.
1: Yeah, because there are plenty of exercises that target each specific group of muscles. So yeah. if you're like, I can't do pull-ups at all, regardless of there are no parks around me with jungle gyms, I can't do that weird banister thing that I was talking about earlier. No oh, pull-up yeah. bar. Well, what do you do? I don't know. Google what muscles do pull-ups target, and then figure out what other exercises target those muscles that you can do. You don't have yeah. to do one specific
0: exercise. I'll give you a couple of recommendations for this. Number one, uh, my friend Steve Cam runs a site called Nerd Fitness. It's at nerdfitness.com. And it is probably the number one recommendation I could give you if you want to start learning more about how to work out and if you want to have a community of people to keep you active um, and accountable. It's I love NerdFitness so much. But he's got a couple of bodyweight workout posts on there. So even if you have literally no access to gym equipment you could start doing a bodyweight workout. That's awesome. You can also Google street workout and you can see like what do people who have basically only access to like jungle gym equipment on the street, what do they do? And then um, if you do have access to a gym, but maybe you have like limited machines or you don't have free weights or something like that, the Fitocracy app and another app that I've used called Fitness Buddy both have really extensive databases of exercises that you can search for by muscle group. So if you're thinking, I want to train my triceps, but I don't have one of those cable tricep machines, you can just put the tricep category into one of those apps and you can see, oh, I can do skull crushers, or I can do um, close grip bench press, or I can do diamond pushups or anything like that. Yeah, You have like a lot of different options. It's just that I found that people who are novice lifters haven't been exposed to very many exercises. So they kind of... They'll stick to what they learn early on and tend to not branch out. So use your limitations as something to spur your creativity and to spur your trying new things. Also, I think it can be very useful to get a gym buddy. So if you can find somebody who will keep you accountable and who can show up and work out with you, then that can be really helpful. I actually met a guy on Reddit one year who happened to go to Iowa State and we became gym buddies for like three months. It was pretty cool. Yeah. So, and he really pushed me actually. I'll mention that I sometimes when I'm working out on my own and I don't have a specific goal, I'll kind of just like rest on my laurels a little bit where I'll just do the same weights. Like, oh, I curl 35s. I'll just, you know, I've been curling 35s for years and I haven't really been pushing myself in that domain. When I had Arthur as my gym buddy, he was curling like 50s and dumbbell oh, so pressing like 100s. So now I'm like, uh-oh, all right. I can't come in here looking like a chump every single week. Even if I I lift less in terms of raw numbers than him, I should be progressing from wherever I am to keep pace with his progress. Yeah. So it's not about necessarily beating him, but if he's getting better and I'm working out with him, I should be getting better. Yeah. And I use that same philosophy outside of lifting as well. If it's YouTube, You know, I've got friends who have a million subscribers or more and I can go look at their stats and they're getting like a thousand subscribers a day or 3000 a day or something like that. And I'll be like, oh man, well, obviously I'm not going to beat them anytime soon, but they're putting out quality content. They're getting new subscribers. They're trying new things that are helping their channel grow. Obviously I need to be doing that stuff too. I need to keep pace with my peers. Yeah. I'm not going to beat them anytime soon. You know, and I do have a bit of a competitive streak, so I can think like maybe I'll beat them sometime down the road and I can create that graph with like the intersection point. But until that happens, I should at least be challenging myself to innovate and grow like they're doing.
1: Yeah. So a gym partner can be a source of competition or inspiration. Mm -hmm. But on the other end of that, I used to work out with a friend in college. And we were both kind of out of shape and we were trying to fix that. And afterward, we'd come back and have a smoothie and everything to give ourselves a reward. Mm -hmm. But I knew that if I didn't go, he probably wouldn't either. And I was like, but I want him to be in shape too. Uh, Okay. So then it wasn't competition. It was like, I care about your health too. And if I skip, you're probably going to skip. And then we both lose.
0: Yep. So that can be helpful. Though I will say when you have two gym buddies who are both prone to skip... That like the inner uh, the uh, them coming together like How do I word this? You can basically validate the other person's laziness Like I've had gym buddies in the past where I'll be like man I really don't feel like doing it today and they'll be like, oh, thank God I didn't feel like going to the gym either. Let's just skip today. Oh, no, so um, and this reminds me of one thing that happened back in 2014 I think I went to Japan And we couldn't get a hotel because we got to Tokyo at midnight. So the only place we could stay was this ridiculous capsule hotel where you like sleep in these weird cubbies. And I didn't wanna go to bed right away, so I went up to the little common area and I met this guy from Australia who was a photographer and we ended up becoming friends. And uh, he messaged me on Facebook one time and he was like, hey, I really wanna get this project I'm working on done. Will you keep me accountable? And I was like, sure. And I also have this big article I'm writing. So how about we say if I don't do my article in 30 days, I'll pay you 100 bucks, and if you don't do your thing in 30 days, you'll pay me 100 bucks. So we'll keep each other accountable. What happened was mm-hmm. neither of us got yeah. it done. And then you don't we were have just to like, pay anything. Well, looks like neither of us has to pay. Ooh, that so is a danger. If yeah, if if you have a gym buddy who like is as prone to laziness as you are, and maybe you're not super gung ho about working out, and like you need the motivation feel free to work out with that person, but also find an alternative method of keeping yourself accountable. Maybe you have a second person who you don't necessarily work out with, but you do have to report to, or maybe you've made a bet with them or something. Just find something that will bind you to your commitment.
1: Yeah, that that makes sense. I was invested in their health, so I was like, I want them to work out, but I could see how you could easily... Just be like, well, we're both friends. We both won't judge each other if we just <laughs> go eat ice cream instead.
0: Uh yeah, it happens all the time. Um, and on that note, I would highly recommend going listening to my interview with Steve Cam back at episode ninety-two, I think, because we talked a lot about this whole issue of motivation and binding yourself, uh, and, you know, pre-committing stuff like that. And I think it's really important to to nail that aspect of it if you really want to keep your routine, especially if you're working out with somebody who is prone to skip. So the last thing I wanted to talk about, I guess I had two more things I wanted to cover. Number one, what do you do if you have a limitation? And I think this is something that you have thought about a lot more than me, because so you've like dealt with an what, injury like for a, a long time. literal physical limitation? Yeah, so if you've got a physical limitation, we've already talked about what to do if you have like very little access to gym equipment, yeah. or if you just hate lifting, you can go find something else. What do you do about an injury? That okay. you're dealing with
1: so I luckily because I've recovered a whole lot I haven't had to talk about this a whole lot it hasn't been that relevant lately but a couple of years ago I totally messed up my nerves and my muscles in my arms and for two years and still now I still have some effects from it that prevent my maximum capacity mm-hmm. but for a while I couldn't even like close and open a fist on certain days yeah so obviously that meant that I could not get swole. I I couldn't do as many workouts as I could before when injured. And that happens from time to time. But the answer is not not exercising because exercising is good for your body. And actually, in in some cases, and at least for me, can help speed up the recovery process. If you're staying healthy physically, too, it's going to it's going to help recover the other things. Yeah. So what I did for that was I couldn't work out much on the things that were injured. I couldn't do push ups. That was really bad on my wrist. And um, I, I suppose also you can do push-ups on two dumbbells so that your wrists stay straight and you work oh, yeah. the dumbbells. And that, mm-hmm. that's actually a little better if your wrists are sensitive. You got carpal tunnel or something.
0: Yeah, Anna's Anna had a cyst in her wrist. Oh, yeah. Which is rhymed. Um, but that actually means that she can't do push-ups very easily either. So she will do the dumbbell things or like dips or something that keeps the wrist straight and that helps. Yeah,
1: yeah. so I had to alter or remove some exercises. But then I would like – go for a walk or rollerblade or longboard. I couldn't grip a bike for a while, but mm-hmm. once I could, I started biking again. And just finding whatever you can do that's going to keep you somewhat active. If, you, if you're not going to put on a lot of muscle mass this year because you're injured or ever, I don't know, maybe that's just life. But you can probably do something to maintain health. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I basically started with what I could do, which was going for a walk or even jogging a few times because I was so limited in other areas, I had to do something I hated. And then moving up as you can. Now I can do pull ups. Now yeah. I can. Now I can curl dumbbells and and do all sorts of exercises most of the time. Mm-hmm. But you sometimes you have to accept your limitations and work with them. You're just not going to be able to push past a serious injury all the time. Yeah, you can't willpower your nerves together. It's not.
0: Yeah, that you need to take a break. You that's gotta, something that takes a particularly long time to heal. Yeah, but I, I did want to highlight the importance of number one, understanding your limitations and not pushing yourself too far. And th- that's something that can happen even if you're not injured. A lot of people who get into lifting, they'll either put too much weight on the bar without having good form and they'll get injured or they'll overtrain. They'll just lift way too much every single day and they won't give their muscles time to recover, which you need recovery time. So make sure that you aren't overtraining. Make sure that if you need it, you get a spotter or a coach. And even if like you're really strong, you probably need a spotter. My dad actually in competition he was benching like 600 pounds and his arm, his arm broke. Yeah. Just, like just, the bench, like the weight just snapped it. Just and luckily it right down. there were like three dudes there who caught the weight. So he had to deal with a broken arm. That is horrifying. Yeah. And I hate
1: thinking about the way that <laughs> just snap right down, breaking your arm because you fell weird makes sense. But because of just the vertical pressure was too much. Yeah. That's intense. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I that's, saw the video. That's it was spooky. not I'm not cool with that. It was not fun to watch. Oh, there's a video. Uh, there, yeah, there was a video. I'm not gonna link somewhere. to that. That's weird. So make sure you have a spotter or you're at least using the safety features, like if you're benching without a spotter, um, which I did a lot back in Iowa, but I would make sure that I set the weight, like the the safety things on the bench to be higher than my chest. So maybe I just wouldn't touch my chest or maybe I'd arch up a little bit. So but just like you have to make sure. Don't just think that it's going to be okay because maybe you get a cramp in the middle of your set or something you know yeah um and then like with figure skating i i showed up before i got my coach i showed up at the rink to a freestyle session and just thought i'll just figure it out (laughs) and then i started watching like some of the older ladies like do three turns and stuff and i was like i bet i could do that and i started trying it out and doing kind of horrible but sort of doing it and one of them skates up to me and she's like I'm gonna teach you how to do this because you are gonna fall and break your neck. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And she taught me how to do it properly and that helped a lot. And then they were like, you should really hire a coach because this is not a sport that you can kind of just figure out without getting hurt. And uh, now that I have worked with a coach, I can verify that that is true. (laughs) Yeah, so getting a coach (laughs) is one of those sports where, yeah, getting a coach is very useful if you wanna progress without getting hurt and actually make some good progression. But on the flip side, even if you're injured, you need to realize that exercising and pushing yourself a little bit actually does speed up the rehabilitation process. And a lot of people will deal with injuries for far longer than they need to because they assume that the best way to to um, recover from that injury is just to rest and never to work the muscles. But you have to realize that the human body in like almost every aspect is a use it or lose it thing. So, a couple of stories I can tell you about this. Number one, my uncle, also being a ridiculous powerlifting guy just like your my whole dad, family? pretty much. Well, he was he was one of those uncles that actually isn't like a blood relative, but it was just like a really really good friend of my dad. So oh, okay. we always called him uncle. Uh, he was squatting like seven hundred pounds one time and literally ripped his quad in half. And the doctor told him he'd never walk again. And not only does he walk, he squats again. Because he, I mean, as a very, very experienced lifter, he knew to what degree he could start to rehab that muscle on an accelerated schedule from what the doctors would have him do. And that's the thing, a lot of people don't really know, so they have to go to physical therapy. But even with physical therapy, if you read The Power of Habit, one of the things they talk about in The Power of Habit is how a lot of people who do who go through knee replacement surgeries, never fully recover. And the key element in having a full recovery after a knee or a hip replacement is doing the rehab of actually walking a few miles a day or however much you're supposed to walk per day. And in the book, Charles Duhigg talks about how the successful patients who actually rehabbed their knees were the ones who made a plan for what they were gonna do and why they were gonna do it because rehabbing your knee after a replacement is incredibly painful. Basically all you wanna do is stay off that leg. So I think the one example he gave was that one guy got a knee replacement and his plan was every single day his wife got off from work, took the bus to a specific bus stop and then walked about a mile back to their house. So his habit was to walk to the bus stop and then walk back with his wife. So that gave him reason and some accountability to actually rehab that knee which is very important. So, and this is something that I, I I think is very important. Like if you have an injury, if you have something like that, obviously talk with a doctor or somebody who is a professional who can tell you like where the limit is and how much you really should be pushing yourself because you can obviously overdo it. But you do have to use it and actually work yeah. to rehabilitate yourself from an injury. I didn't injure my nerves as badly as you did, but I did injure them slightly And I find that when I exercise and when I keep myself uh, flexible through stretching or doing yoga or stuff like that, I always feel better. Yeah. Well, if I hadn't
1: done the physical therapy that I've gone through, which was just like four or five different month or two sessions where like the physical therapy would get going and then something else would be weird. And then I'd have to go back to physical therapy over the several years. Mm -hmm. And if I didn't do that, I would certainly not be okay right now. Yeah, absolutely. it's It's a lifesaver. Physical therapists are awesome. So if you have an injury, listen to what they say. <laughs> and if they say, do this exercise and, and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And you are not, I'll do it. I'll do that. And then you go home and you just don't bother to keep track of it. You don't write it down and just check off, check off an easy list that you did the exercise. Then nothing they can tell you is going to help. If you don't do the exercise, then too bad.
0: Yep. You got to do it.
1: Yeah. You just won't heal.
0: Okay. So last thing, and I, I promise this is the last thing, but I do want to cover it <laughs> because I think it's important what do you do when your routine or your schedule gets interrupted? Uh Uh-oh. I've gotten this question a lot via email. A lot of times students are asking me about it with regards to their study schedules, but I think it is just as applicable to your workout schedule. So say you've got a huge test coming up and you have to skip, or in my case, uh, travel comes up. Obviously, it's tough for me to do my workout routine when I'm traveling. Maybe I don't have access to a gym or I'm, just incredibly busy and like I have an event that just goes all day, what do you do? So I don't know if you have any thoughts on this, but the few tips I can offer, number one, come up with a plan in advance. So if you're gonna go on a trip, maybe you can say, all right, I bet you I could get up and do at least some push-ups and sit-ups or go for a quick walk, just something to keep the habit alive. A substitute
1: exercise for the time being.
0: Obviously, you're not gonna be going quite as hard because you don't have the same time and the same environment to keep up with your routines, but you can do something. It's like maintenance mode. Yeah, and if you create a plan in advance, you're much more likely to stick to it. So I'm going to California next week, and I'm already thinking like, okay, am I? I can get up at seven a.m. I could probably go do a quick run, or at least some push-ups in the room, or something, just to keep that process of getting up and deliberately exercising alive. So when I come back, I don't let all of the fallout from the trip, unpacking or whatever, derail me from my routines. Number two. Use your reviewing and your planning day, which hopefully you have once a week, to acknowledge that if you fell off because of a trip or something else that you're gonna recommit. And then the last thing is, regardless of what you're doing, exercise, studying, whatever, focus on the overall trend. I think one of the things people get tripped up on when they track their habits or they put Pokemon stickers on a calendar is they focus on perfection And if they fall off of the tracks for one day or a week or something, they'll think, oh, I failed and they won't get back on it. So what you wanna focus on is an overall trend towards perfection, but not the perfection itself. So this week I worked out four days. That's way better than last week when I only worked out two. So yeah, I skipped one day, but hey, that's four. So next week I'm gonna be shooting for even better than that. Shoot to beat whatever you've done, not to be perfect.
1: Yeah, and that, that makes me think of an makes me think of an article or something that I've seen. I don't even remember where it's from. Maybe I'll find it. But it was like, don't miss the second day. If you if you mess up one day, you can't just say, Oh, the system's ruined, and then the next day say, Well, what's the point? The system's ruined. I didn't yeah. do it yesterday, so why even bother? You can just get back on day two. If you don't miss two, it wasn't a trend. It was just a tiny little thing. That's not a trend. There's no pattern there. It's a single day.
0: Exactly. Yep.
1: And maybe you have to miss more than that for a vacation or something, but a substitute maintenance mode exercise or really anything, just a tiny version of it to keep the mental habit alive, even if the results can't stay is going to be better. But if you miss day two, you've created a trend, which is easy for you to then say, well, the whole system doesn't work. Look at this trend. I stopped doing it.
0: Yep. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Well, this is the first time in a while we've broken an hour. Yep. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. And Woo. and we thought that we wouldn't have much for this episode.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, better it be an hour than to skip something that could could keep somebody from being healthy.
0: That's true. Yeah. I really wanted to include those bits on your schedule getting inter- interrupted and also what to oh, yeah. do with I hate, limitations. I hate
1: schedule interruptions. Oh, ooh. yeah. If it's just a literal interruption, like something happens in the middle of the day that's an emergency... I've, I've got my, my calendar and Google Calendar right now. And just, just drag the stuff around. Just reschedule what you're doing or alter it or make the workout a little bit less that day or something. You can change yeah. your schedule. It's going to be okay. Oh, yeah.
0: that okay. If it's
1: like, I work out from 8 to 9, but at 8 o'clock, they, I don't know what could happen. I have no examples. But so, a robot attacks and you're busy fighting robots. Well, first of all, I guess that's exercise. That, so that exercise. example failed me. Very strange. But whatever. You didn't get enough cardio. Unless you're just, hacking the robots. Just run for like a little bit of time later if you can't run as much as normal due to anything. I don't know, you get into a car accident. I don't care what it is. You can do something.
0: Yeah, that reminds me, um, again, on that idea of like do what you will do repeatedly. There's like this dogma in lifting that you do three sets or more. Maybe you do five, but the, the dogma is like you do at least three sets. But I don't like lifting that much. And doing three sets of each exercise, it takes a long time. So I made the conscious decision probably like two months ago when I was still in Iowa that I will do two sets. Just because you
1: you don't wanna like get sick of doing it.
0: Yeah, and that is actually perfect for me. I'm going down there and doing two sets. So yes, I'm missing out on the benefit that the additional set would give me for each exercise. But the trade-off is that I am working out every single day, week over week over week, it's going to outpace me just doing three sets and then not working out for another month because I hated being in the gym for that long. Yeah, And I put a lot of emphasis on spending a good amount of time stretching afterward to keep myself limber and to avoid injuries. I put emphasis on warming up properly before I work out and doing a dynamic stretching routine before I even start lifting. So all the stuff surrounding my actual sets takes about 20 minutes. So if I'm spending 20 minutes on that, And then an extra twenty minutes on my two on my two rotations. That's forty five minutes, pretty much, that I'm in the gym, and that's basically all the time I want to spend at the gym. Yeah. So I've accepted forty five minutes. Schedule. Yeah. So forty five minutes three times a week is much better than an hour once, and then I hate it, and then I fall off the tracks. So yeah, Uh, I will leave you with that. Um, hopefully you guys found this episode helpful and you can find the show notes over at cigpodcast.com 158. There you'll find links to some of the articles on CIG that we talked about. Also some links to Nerd Fitness, to Fitocracy, some of the other apps for tracking your workouts if you wanna do that. And you'll also find a link to rate and review this show on iTunes. And that is a great way to support this show because it helps to bump our show up the rankings in iTunes, which helps more people see it. So if you wanna support the show, that is a great way to do it and we highly appreciate every single review we get. Thank you if you choose to do that. You can also find our favorite resources for improving your education, your productivity, your career prospects and your personal finances over at collegeinfogeek.com slash resources. So definitely check that out. We're gonna be adding some new stuff to the books page pretty soon. And I think that's about it. So thanks once again for listening and we will see you in next week's episode. Stay cute.